This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Paul Stone at Paul Stone Sports, talking some college basketball for this Saturday, Saturday, February 18th in the card. Got some good games and a lot of uh, no NBA action uh, on Saturday for the All-Star break, so we get uh, forward to it. Paul, i got to ask you first, though, another number one team goes down in Alabama at Tennessee. This is the eighth game that the number one team has lost this season. That Purdue's done it three times. But um, what, what's it tell you? What, what's, what does that tell us about this college basketball season with a little bit of an eye forward toward the March Madness? You know, I think it, it just kind of underscores what we most of us probably believe, that it's just really there's no great team or even teams that are clearly head and shoulders above uh, – above the other elite teams. I mean, this is a year, uh, we say it most years probably entering the tournament, but I think even more so than than any previous year in recent memory, this is a year where somebody maybe not in the top oh, six or eight teams uh, might emerge and, you know, win six games and, and win it all come early April uh, during that Monday game. But, you know, you look at this Alabama team, uh, the, the loss that they had previous to last night's loss on uh, Wednesday the 15th, losing at Tennessee, uh, they had lost to Oklahoma by roughly 25 points, right. an Oklahoma team that had lost seven straight conference games. So, uh, you know, it's just a uh, – there's no clear-cut uh, number one team. There's no clear-cut top five or top ten. So it could really be a wide-open tournament, I think. Who is your uh, – you do your own power ratings. Who is your number one team power rating? You know, I've got Purdue, but it's just razor thin. I mean, there's just so many, really, you know, the six or eight teams um, that are uh, at or near the top could all claim uh, claim that spot on any given um, any given weekend or week. And, you know, again, the, the power ranking system that I use is based on margin of victory and quality of opposition, like virtually all the systems are, and I, I would be – certain that uh, this year's top-ranked team at this point in the season with the number of results we have is probably the lowest power-rated number one team that I've had in recent memory. There's just no uh, team that stands head and shoulders above the field. Well, it's it, it, certainly no team is without flaws. Well, that That's the obvious point uh, to hear. But it, it does make for a fun tournament where you don't have that even with Duke, with Zion, I know they lost in the regional final, but they were much the, the most talented team, you know, that year, or the number one power-rated team 
uh, for sure. Some others, as you know, when Kentucky was undefeated. Um, and speaking of which, that's the last time a team has gone undefeated in conference play, and that's why I liked uh, Tennessee in that matchup uh, on Wednesday. Uh, because 14 Florida team and the 15 Kentucky team, that's the last time that teams are going through the SEC schedule uh, undefeated. So it, it, it makes it fun, man. Court storms aplenty uh, in college basketball. They're all over, as uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it makes it fun. It's an imperfect sport. There's no such thing as a true point guard, a true off guard, a true wing, a power forward. In a sense. It's, you know, it's, uh, that's the, sort of the beauty of it as well is that there's a lot of imperfection uh, in the sport and adds to the variance when you're trying to handicap it. And, of course, at that age, uh, not, non-professionals the from game to game will, uh, will certainly matters as well. Let, let's get to the schedule. Um, 1 p.m. Eastern tip on CBS, a rematch of one of the more surprising results that I can remember this year, Tennessee was actually a double-digit favorite at home against Kentucky. Kentucky goes into Thompson Bowling and beats them by double digits. Now the return visit uh, to Rupp Arena. Kentucky coming off of a nice win against a hot Mississippi State team in Starkville on uh, Wednesday night. Tennessee off of a massive victory over Alabama, number one. They beat uh, Alabama, number one, in football. They beat them out number one in basketball. So here you go. We're projecting this line to be right at three and a half. The Vols favorite at Rupp. Yeah, I mean, you you took away one of my my talking points, uh, but it is a uh, important one that 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 game five weeks ago was probably the, one of the more surprising results of the entire season. I mean, you have a a Tennessee team uh, turning the clock back uh, to that first meeting. They're they're hosting a reeling Kentucky team that that's reeling to the point that they had just lost at home to lowly South Carolina. You know, arguably the, uh, the the worst team in the SEC. They lost South Carolina, I believe, by three points. Uh, the Wildcats, in fact, had lost four of their last seven when they entered that game. Looked like they were going nowhere fast and out of nowhere. I mean, they out-rebounded Tennessee by 20 boards. You know, I was re-examining uh, this game in preparation for today, and that's just incredible. I think it was 43-23 on the boards. And uh, Oscar Tshibwe, uh, a double-double, 15 points, 13 rebounds. Tennessee only shoots three of 21 from three-point territory in that one. And that's another point I failed to make when we're talking about the uh, just the parity in college basketball. Certainly, college basketball is not the NBA. You don't have players that can score from all five positions. Very few teams even have players that can score from four positions. And you're probably lucky if you've got three really good scores. So that, that's part of the reason I think the game uh, lacks a true, you know, clear-cut number one. But – you know, back to this game, Tennessee coming off that big win at home uh, on Wednesday night, February 15th, 68-59 over currently top-ranked Alabama. But you look at this Tennessee team, they've lost their last two road games. So they lost by one at Vanderbilt. Before that, lost by 13 at Florida. It looks like the Volunteers also uh, have some injury issues that might shorten their bench a little bit. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one, but I really don't have any interest in betting it. You know, my lean would be to Tennessee – but I don't want to have to expect the the volunteers to go in and win by four points to get the money at Rupp Arena, which I think is going to be the case. So I'll pass on this one as far as a betting position. I'll uh, t- I'll take the Vols in this one and uh, love that Bet Rivers uh, sliding scale where they only uh, uh, ask you to 
buy, um, you know, it's either eight cents or ten cents a juice to get it off the half point, especially under five, where those uh, half a points mean uh, just that much more valuable. And if it is at three and a half, I'll buy it to three. I will uh, two things uh, battling each other in my handicap here, and that is well following an emotional win. I mean, whether it's football or basketball, we're cautious about those teams coming off that emotional win. You just can't be sky high week to uh, you know game in game out. But going on the road, away from distractions, against Rupp, and certainly Tennessee remembers that game. I mean, they jump out to an 8 nothing lead. Next thing you know, they're down 33-26 at half in the first time in Knoxville. So I'll, 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 uh, I'll, uh, I'll take this one, Paul. Give me the Vols, uh, minus the 3.5, buy it to 3. Next one up, boy, what a, what a matchup this is. How about the uh, freshman from Baylor? Man, he is on fire. Kansas with an impressive win in Stillwater on Tuesday night. They're hot again. couple of uh, road wins. 4 o'clock Eastern tip-off on ESPN. Kansas and Baylor tied along with Texas for the Big 12 uh, lead in the best conference by far in college basketball this year. We're projecting this line to be the Jayhawks at Fog Allen, about four-and-a-half-point favorite over Baylor. Yeah, I mean, one could argue, I think, and probably not get a whole lot of pushback uh, that these two teams have played better than anyone in the league uh, in the month of February. You know, this Baylor team, they've won 10 of their last 11, and they've really been energized. I don't think uh, it should be lost on people who follow college basketball out there. The return of Jonathan Chamba Chachawa, yes. I think I got pretty close, uh, is really not only from a production standpoint, but he's kind of their emotional, spiritual leader. Uh, he had a really uh, gruesome knee injury about a year ago and has uh, finally gotten back uh, the last two or three games. So that's really uplifted this team. The Bears have won four straight to open February, won those games by an average of 13 points a game, uh, as you mentioned, in the nation's most difficult league. Uh, Kansas, meanwhile, they've captured five of their last six games, and they had uh, they did that after hitting a little bit of a lull uh, in the middle, uh, latter part of January, uh, where they lost three in a row, albeit to three ranked teams at the time. But, um, you know, they, they were kind of looking like they were, uh, you know, maybe playing themselves out of the picture. And uh, certainly in this league, if you followed it long enough, you never count Kansas out because people always right. want to act like there's a new new kid on the block or somebody's going to supplant them and the Jayhawks are always going to be there. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this top 10 showdown as are many college basketball fans uh, on Saturday at uh, Allen Fieldhouse. Really don't have a ton of interest in betting it. Uh, standing in front of either of these two red-hot teams. But if I can get five, uh, I'm going to take a small position on Baylor, maybe just for a, a grilled cheese and tomato soup or something of the like, certainly not a, a bone-in ribeye or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> if I can get five, I think Baylor's worth a, worth a shot. They just seem to be on a nice trajectory, and uh, I like to look uh, lean my process a little bit towards the underdog in these types of games. It's crawfish season in South Louisiana. How about a pound of boiled crawfish in a in a slice of king cake, huh? For the Mardi Gras season, <laughs> there you go. Keontae George, now the freshman out of Louisville, Texas. Paul, did you uh, follow him when he was coming out of high school last year? I mean, he is really surging now. Is hitting a comfort zone. Um, he's uh, averaging sixteen and a half points a game to lead the Bears. Yeah, he was a George was a guy who was a huge recruit that everybody in the nation uh, wanted. He's a guy that's been projected as a as a lottery type pick, um, you know, ever since probably his sophomore year in high school. So he's well known in the in the Texas high school ranks, 
and uh, the, the play that he's shown. And he, and he really, <clears throat> excuse me, he's really, as you indicated, uh, turned it on. You know, now that he's played, uh, you know, 25, 30 games, how many games they've played to this point. Um, you know, they say sometimes use that is that they're no longer a freshman. But I think that experience and having played that number of games, you know, he's reached a comfort level. And at some point, the natural talent really begins to show through. Uh, and he's a big-time player. He's not just any any old shooting guard. So he, he's the kind of guy that could, uh, in, in a tournament scenario, you know, if he uh, if he gets hot, uh, you know, some have mentioned Baylor as a team that could make a run uh, in March. And certainly uh, his play could dictate such a run. Oh, there's no doubt. And, yes, uh, also it's nice to have the 6'8 senior forward for Cameroon uh, back as well, as you uh, mentioned. This is a revenge spot for uh, Kansas, and it was the roughest spot of their uh, of their season. It was their third straight loss at Waco, where they lost on that one-point game at Manhattan to Kansas State, got blown out at home by TCU, 83-60, to and then lost by six at Baylor. So I have that going for him. So, and, and then I'm stuck where – Fog Allen hasn't been that intimidating atmosphere that we've seen so much in the past. We've seen a lot of teams go there and, and be more than competitive, where it was uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, TCU. I mentioned that game. So, uh, And even Kansas State, when they lost by 12, was like 4 of 20 or 4 of 17 at the rim. I mean, they just missed layup after layup. So it's a tough one uh, for me. I'm going to pass uh, as well. Certainly be watching, but we'll be interested to see where that line moves and see if there's a little value uh, late. Finally, uh, well, these two teams, uh, you know, get after it. It's always interesting. Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan lost a tough one after opening up a lead on Saturday against Indiana. Excuse me. And then they, and then they lose again. Uh, during the week, now they host Michigan State. They're one and a half in one thirty-three. It's a prime time game, eight o'clock Eastern tip on Fox. Yeah, I think Jimmy. Many handicappers totally fixate on on the side handicap and, and pay little attention, if any, uh, to the total. And sometimes, in my opinion, anyway, the best position, the most value can be found on the total rather than the side. So I looked really closely at this total and really liked this total. First of all, you look at Michigan State, their pace of play. They're really playing slow, even slower than typical this year. Uh, they rank 307th in adjusted tempo by Ken Palm. Its defensive efficiency rating uh, much higher, far better than its offensive efficiency rating. Uh, look at uh, Looking at some uh, defensive stats and some key categories, Michigan State ranks 18th nationally in opponents. Effective field goal percentage at 45.9% allowed, 11th nationally in opponents' three-point percentage. Opponents only shooting 28.9% from three-point land. And then 33rd in scoring defense, only allowing 64.6 points per game. And then you look at the Spartans' offense, their last five games, they've scored 63 or fewer points. Their last three games have totaled 121 or fewer points. The first meeting uh, between these teams back on January 7th in East Lansing, Michigan State wins that game 59-53. The teams combined to only make 40 of 111 field goal attempts. Uh, that's 36% if you're uh, keeping up at home. They're going to shoot better than that this game, but we can still have about 20 more points, I think, and still get the money on the under. Uh, the total in that first meeting, again, 59-53 victory by Michigan State. Closing total, 138.5. I think the line maker is going to adjust it to about 133 here. 
11 of Michigan State's last 16 games have gone under the total. Um, again, I'm kind of used to football adage. I'm looking for three yards in a cloud of dust. That's the way Michigan State has to play. And I think this is going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out kind of basketball game. I like the under 133 uh, could go as low as about 132 on this uh, Michigan Michigan State game on Saturday. All right. And uh, I, like, uh, I like the home team a little bit in this one. So I'll lean to the Wolverines minus the one and a half. All right, um, SEC. Now, this is uh, one of the sneaky, hot teams in the SEC right now, and it's sort of correlated with one of the players being in or out of the lineup. We're going for Auburn. Auburn after uh, the uh, tough loss to Alabama and then uh, just a blowout win uh, this uh, this um, this uh, during the week. Uh, at home, Auburn is three on the road at Vanderbilt. This is an eight thirty tip on uh, the SEC Network, and Lim Robbins. Lim Robbins missed four games, four games against A uh, and M, a loss against U- uh, Kentucky, a loss they won against Georgia in Alabama. They lost three of those four. The first game he returns wasn't pretty, one hundred one to forty four in Tuscaloosa. So, but since then, his numbers have been terrific. They win um, against uh, Ole Miss. Tough luck uh, beat uh, against the spread because a put back off of an air ball at the end was uh, a bucket at the end after uh, Vandy missed two front ends of a one and one after a lane violation after the first missed front end, one and one and one. So they win that game, but don't cover the spread. They beat Tennessee outright 66 65 on a three pointer from the right wing at the buzzer. They go to Gainesville and beat Florida 88 to 80. And then they went on the road and cover again against South Carolina. So Robbins, all of a sudden, this team is sneaky hot. They're hosting Auburn. I guess maybe you can tell where I'm leaning on this one, Paul. How, how do you see it? I'm with you. And I mean, you pointed out a lot of the, the things to like about the Commodores in this, in this contest on Saturday. Uh, you know, going back and looking at Auburn, first of all, though, uh, I think a lot of us probably had higher expectations for Auburn this season. You know, I, I know it hasn't been a complete debacle uh, by any stretch, but there's really not a whole lot of meat on the bone, so to speak, if you look at their resume. Uh, you know, when they beat Missouri by 33 at home uh, this past Tuesday, the 14th of February, they entered that game having lost five of their previous six games. If you watched that game, which I'm sure you did, or at least followed it, Auburn got that to a 19-2 lead over Missouri, uh, never really tested or threatened. Uh, but they don't have any significant road win- wins to speak of, and they're obviously playing this game uh, in Nashville at Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt's already defeated Tennessee uh, and Arkansas and Nashville, not to mention ACC co-leader uh, Pittsburgh, who they've defeated in Nashville as well. So I like the, the Commodores plus the points. I think it's going to open about three, uh, but I'll take as little as one point here. I think uh, Vanderbilt's going to beat Auburn on Saturday in Nashville. Yeah, we are on the same page in this one. Um, again, it's it's one of those teams fourteen and twelve that is performing way above their overall um, their overall resume. Uh, and uh, and you know Auburn, although they've you know they, they've kind of been what they were all year. Sure, they've been uh, a little bit inconsistent. Some some games good, some games not so good. They're a tournament team. They're in it right now, but might be a little bit of carryover on their power rating. And you know, from last year, and that team was that team was number one, and they were the best team in a while. Peaked a little early. Uh, point guard, a little out of control. Forgot Jabari Smith was the best guy on the floor from time to time. But in your power ratings, how much carries over from the previous year and the success? Because there is some branding built in there. 
Yeah, you know a little bit when when you're making. I use power ratings with the with the primary and really the only objective of of developing a point spread from those power ratings. And you know that the line maker is going to factor in the uh, historical performance of a team, and certainly the recent historical performance with the heavy uh, lean towards the most recent season. I will say, however, I think it's less impactful than in the past because of the transfer portal. You know, some teams like West Virginia just comes to mind because I follow the Big 12 closely, but some teams just totally almost make over their roster from year to year. So it's an entirely different uh, cast of characters. So, uh, you know, I look obviously much more closely at the transfer portal uh, than, than probably any other element. And it takes, in many cases, not all cases, but in most cases, it takes those teams uh, a little time to uh, job to get job together and uh, develop as a, a cohesive unit and so forth. So uh, certainly there is some carryover, though. And, and you have to think when you're making a point spread and you're trying to make a point spread that you actually think the book is going to open with, you have to try to get inside the mind of the line maker. And I think the person, you know, making these numbers certainly knows um, you know, how these teams played the previous year and what the public, uh, you know, thinks of these teams entering the new year. All right, so Vandy, winners of four in a row, covering three of their last four um, again, but that window is going to close on that devalue um, pretty soon if they continue to play at the, this level. All right, Paul, this one's all you, the Blue Raiders in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, the the uh, Middle Tennessee State uh, were projected to be six-and-a-half-point favorites over Florida International. This is a 6 p.m. Eastern star uh, tip on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, you know, A&M's won, won four in a row. They're only one game behind top-ranked Alabama and SEC standings at the present. Um, by the way, the Aggies, they did. They handled Missouri easily uh, in the first meeting. So, back Paul, wait, I said the Middle Tennessee State game first. You want to go the with Missouri? The Middle Tennessee State game. Okay. You know, I, I was uh, I was distracted <laughs> there, and I kind of obviously – uh, You know, my you wife go whichever always one. tells me, Jimmy – What's that? My wife always tells me, Paul, you're not a very good listener. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was ready to talk uh, about Missouri and Texas A&M, but you know, we don't want to forget the good old Conference USA. <laughs> because sometimes the best value is, is sports betters in these uh, in these so-called lesser uh, uh, conferences. So I'm going to move my attention from Columbia, Missouri, and we're going to go uh, to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, for this Florida International at Middle game on Saturday uh, in Conference USA. And, I, you know, when you handicap college basketball and you've got 350-plus teams to look at, you certainly can't concentrate on all teams and all leagues. But I think it's important to try to find a team that's maybe playing above market expectations in one of these lesser leagues. And I think Florida International is one of those kind of teams. Uh, you know, Florida International, they've won uh, – they had won, rather, five of their last uh, six previous six games. They had covered six in a row before losing – uh, last Saturday at home to Rice, 85 to 78 as a three-point home favorite. They now, though, have a week between games, a week to prepare for Middle Tennessee. This is a Middle Tennessee team that they've already defeated once this year. Uh, beat the Blue Raiders 82 to 74 on January 28th as a three and a half point home dog. Floyd International, again, they've been playing above market expectations. They have really relished the role of underdog this year. The Panthers have covered nine of their last eleven uh, when cast as the dog. I'm going to say ten of their next, you know, their last twelve uh, after Saturday. I think this game's going to open about six and a half. 
I like Florida International plus six and a half. I would certainly take uh, six or more points uh, with FIU. All right. Let's get back to the SEC now. And that six o'clock Eastern tip also. This one's on ESPN2 in Columbia, Missouri, one and a half over A&M looking to rebound after uh, getting ambushed early and often uh, down in Auburn midweek. Right. You know, I think I started by saying that A&M, they've won four in a row, uh, only a game back of of top-ranked Alabama and SEC standings. They won the first meeting between these clubs uh, there in College Station on January 11th, uh, beat the Tigers by 18, 82-64, and that was a game the Aggies led by 18 at the half, so Missouri, Missouri was never really in the game. Uh, meanwhile, this Missouri team uh, coming off that 33-point shellacking uh, at Auburn on Valentine's Day that we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, but the Tigers, they're really good at home. Uh, they, they've been uh, a tough out in Columbia, 14-2 and two at home this year. They've defeated three teams that were nationally ranked at the time of their game uh, in Columbia so far, those being Iowa State, Arkansas and Kentucky, A&M not currently ranked, but I think Missouri is going to rebound uh, from the uh, negative uh, uh, 30-point-plus defeat at Auburn. I think they're going to make amends also for the earlier double-digit loss at College Station. I kind of like some of the situational things here that, in my mind, point to a Missouri rebound. I like the Tigers. I'm going to make this line minus one and a half. I'll take Missouri up to minus two over Texas A&M on Saturday. I like Missouri as well in this spot. A&M 11-2 in conference play uh, after winning and covering and come from behind fashion uh, on uh, on Wednesday night uh, this week against Arkansas, avenging their uh, only defeat in the last eight games. And they do host uh, Alabama on the last day of the conference schedule, trying to stay within striking distance of Alabama. This one, this one's going to be tough. Missouri needs it. Uh, they're fifty NET. The bubble is usually that forty to fifty range, so they're kind of on the outside of the bubble right now. They need one of these uh, victories. Uh, Paul, do you do you add anything as far as teams that kind of on that bubble range in need of a win? A and M's comfortably in uh, the tournament right now. You know, I really don't. I think a lot okay. of people do, but my you know kind of my position on that. Is the is the 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 know that you, you know you need you need to win you know you need to win is that more of an impetus for good performance or is that more of a burden for poor performance right I, right. I think the pressure I think it might kind of work in the opposite but I don't give it a, a you know a great deal of uh, of weight in my handicap because I think it can be just as much of a burden you know carrying that weight and people trying to do too much and things like that as it can be an impetus for, for positive performance. What is it, uh, the, uh, the the old slogan, um, a must-win, a team in a must-win situation, no matter what it is, you know, must not be too good. So uh, they, that's um, they one to think about, whether it's the NFL, uh, college football, whatever, college hoops as well. And then finally, uh, here you go. You find another game that you may – uh, you see the value in the total instead. This is a uh, one of the Big East uh, in New York. Creighton goes to St. John's. Listen, no uh, embarrassment, nothing to be ashamed of at all, losing a double overtime at Providence. Creighton, I gained a little respect uh, for them, you know, t- taking Providence uh, to uh, double overtime. They are playing well right now. 
going to St. John's. The total is at 159. It's a 7.30 Eastern tip on FS1. Yeah, you know, when, when these Big East teams get together, uh, there's going to be some fireworks. There's going to be a lot of pace, a lot of shots. Uh, their recent history uh, supports this. First of all, St. John's really likes to play fast. Uh, they are ranked third in adjusted tempo in all of college basketball, according to Ken Palm. Uh, the first meeting between these teams, Creighton won that first meeting 104-76. to 76. Uh, That total closed right at uh, 155. In that game, both teams attempted 67 uh, field goal attempts, and of those 134 total attempts between the two clubs, 43 were three-pointers, so they were, they were launching right and left. And if you look at the last seven meetings between these teams, I mentioned this year's meeting produced 180 points, 159 points, 151, 176, 170, 162, and 176. So the last seven times these teams have met, 167.7 points per game, only one of them producing fewer than 159 points in those last seven meetings. So this is going to be a fast-paced game with a lot of shots. I think it's going to, even though it closed at 155 the first meeting, I think it's going to be closer to about 159. But I'll go up to about 161 or 162. But I'm going to play the over in this game, going to look for a lot of offensive fireworks. All right, uh, so there, Paul likes uh, the over in that one. So a good, uh, a busy Saturday uh, in college basketball. That's seven games uh, that we have pointed to right there. All right, good luck to everybody out there. For Paul Stone, I'm, J- I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.